Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to your Friday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're trying to figure this stuff out. Doug Maurice with Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Pascoe, and Ashley Bastock. We are going to run through the roster as it stands. Who's out on a COVID list? Who's injured? Who is going to play? Can they win with a position group that looks like this? We're going to run through every position group and get to the football of what's going on as the Browns try to prepare to play the Las Vegas Raiders on Saturday as this COVID testing situation is sweeping through the team. At the moment, according to PFF snap counts of the 16 guys on both sides of the ball who have played the most snaps this season, eight are out on both sides of the ball, either on the COVID list or actually injured. So you're like half your best guys are gone. And they are down at the moment to their third string quarterback because Case Keenum on Thursday won on the COVID list and Baker Mayfield was already there. That means maybe Nick Mullins is up. But The NFL's rules about this are kind of changing on the fly. Mary Kay, could some of the guys who are currently on the Browns COVID list play on Saturday? Some, maybe, possibly. Yes, it is possible uh, that some players could be activated in time to play in the game on Saturday. They would have have to be... uh, activated or at least uh, pass their testing on Friday by four o'clock. And it's very complicated in the new rules and new protocols that came out today. The NFL, well, actually we're taping this on Thursday night. On Thursday afternoon, the NFL and NFLPA agreed to new rules through these week, this weekend's games, really. I mean, and they'll be reevaluated, but for now it's just because Three teams are in double digits, and they were trying to see if there was any way uh, that they could change this up in time for these teams to have a little bit of hope this weekend. So I'm saying there's a chance, but it's probably not a great chance uh, because what has to happen is these players have to, to return. There's three different options of some combination of negative tests tomorrow in order to be able to play in the game. So nobody can be completely ruled out yet. Um, But to think that of the 18 players that are on COVID-19 reserve right now, you know, to think that, you know, 10 of them are coming back tomorrow, that would be, I think, too wildly optimistic. But at this point, 
there is at least a chance that some of them could make it back. And one person that we know who that has been asymptomatic, they have to be asymptomatic, uh, but one of those in that category is Baker Mayfield. Will he make it back? Will he not? Nobody knows for sure right now, but at least at the moment, there is a chance that he could show up tomorrow and test negative through one of these three complicated options and be able to play in the game. And the bottom line of that is there previously the rule was you had to test negative twice. Now you only have to test negative once, right? That's why it got a little more possible maybe for some of these guys to be able to play on Saturday. Yes, but the, the testing involves uh, most of the option, options include, you know, two tests on the same day, like one BRL PCR test and one MESA quick rapid test. It's, it's some combination of two tests on the same day so that you're not just returning a false positive that day. You've got to have two different kinds of tests on the same day in order for this to happen. Okay. That's medicine. Ashley, the guys are a little ticked. And that was interesting. I'm not going to shout about protocols, but Baker Mayfield and other players, Ashley, are at least shouting on Twitter about protocols. What do we think of how some of the Browns key guys sort of reacted to the reality of what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of get where they're coming from because I was as confused by all of this as, as they seem to be from, you know, we saw Baker Mayfield tweeting about it. Miles Garrett talked about it a little bit earlier today about they, it seems like from what the players were saying initially, they weren't going to test them. They ended up testing them later in the day. Then it just seems like a lot of confusion and it, it just is understandable. I think why at this point they're so frustrated because there are these enhanced protocols in place for them now and things are changing so quickly with this, you know, new league memo that came out today. But uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield went off, I, I guess on Twitter is the best way to put it. Dan wrote a story on it that's on the site so won't run through everything he said in those tweets, but um, just calling out essentially how in their eyes, this seems to not be adding up for them. It seems like. And the thing that seemed to frustrate Baker is that it's not the same for every team that because the Browns have a lot of tests, they're a lot of positive tests. They're getting tested more, which is leading to more positive tests. Dan, you wrote the story about it again. Like this is not a shot at Baker, but just because a quarterback angrily tweets about medical protocols doesn't mean he's exactly right about all those things. And actually it seems like some of the Browns players are almost upset on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Some of them want less testing. Maybe some of them maybe want more testing, which only adds to the confusion, but there's sure is a whole lot of frustration. Yeah. And you know, I, I get it. Guys want to play in this game. This is a huge game. They want to win this game. They know if they lose it, they have less of a chance to make the playoffs. Um, but you know, I think a lot of the frustration comes from, I mean, what it sounds like they showed up, they didn't think they'd need to get tested. They practiced and then they tested and then they tested afterwards. There was just confusion as to what was going to happen. Uh, it appears it's been reported that the NFLPA might've stepped in and, and made them test. So it, it's just, you know, Miles Garrett, one of the things he said was like, just test us in the morning and don't let us in the building until we return a negative test. And, and I think for some of these guys, it's, kind of what it boils down to, like, don't make us all come into the building together, practice, you know, 
huddle up in the big team meeting in the middle of the field and name our team captain and then, oh, go test us and five more guys go on the COVID list. It, it just, I think there's some sort of contradiction that players feel like is happening there. And, and I think that's kind of the root of a lot of this anger. All right, that's the medical talk. If anybody wants to just <laughs> throw medical talk into the midst of football talk later on, feel free. But my brain ain't so good with this no more. So we're going to talk a little bit about football and go position group by position group. Who's currently out? Who's in? And what the heck do we think of that? And this is made possible in large part by a list that Scott Pasco has put together for us. So, Scott, we're going to start with you. Baker Mayfield currently on the COVID list. Case Keenum added to the COVID list Thursday after the city of Cleveland had already had a parade in his honor for Case Keenum saving the Browns. And it's like, nope, not you. It's Nick Mullins, former starting quarterback in San Francisco. I've sort of been a little skeptical of Case Keenum. I think it's possible, though, that Nick Mullins might be the best number three quarterback in the NFL. Like, is that is that an exaggeration? I'm not even being actually it's like, stop being sarcastic, Doug. I actually mean that. Scott, <laughs> you I never know. Yeah, I know. Well, it's very, nobody ever does. Yeah. Scott, if Nick Mullins has to start this game on Saturday, and at the moment, that's what we're looking at. Who is this guy? Can the Browns win an NFL game with him? Uh, well, the 49ers won NFL games with them. They went five and 11 with him as a start. He started eight games in each of 2018 and 2020. Um, I mean, it's, it's just pretty pedestrian, you know, 65% completion percentage, basically 25 touchdowns, 22 picks passer rating of what? 87.2. I mean, he's had some successes. He's had four games in his career, four of those 16 games where he did not throw at least one pick. So that seems somewhat concerning, but he's had some good games. His first game as a starter, he beat the Raiders. Um, I think they won that game 34 to three. So he's had good performances, but it's mostly, you know, what you would expect from a guy who's who's been a third string quarterback and um, been on practice squads. So, I mean, anything's possible. I guess the good thing is that he's been here since the beginning of the season. They signed him at the end of camp. He'd been with the Eagles through camp and they and they picked him up at that point. Um, so it's not like, you know, they just he showed up last week because they started to get worried they needed more quarterbacks. He's been here. So, um that's good, but you you got a guy who has, doesn't have a lot of starts, who's only been in this offense since the beginning of the actual season, playing behind a line that has its own issues. So in a perfect scenario, you put Nick Mullins back there behind, you know, with the Browns offense, with everybody else at full strength, you probably feel a lot better than you do going into Saturday. Yeah, no more P word. We're not going to say the word perfect anymore in this. In the perfect scenario, they're missing yeah. 30 players. There's no perfect scenario. I actually wonder, I, I actually wonder like how much of a drop-off there is from Case Keenum to Nick Mullins. I, I mean, he's he's played a bunch of NFL games. I of all the positions, I don't know. Anybody else is like, is this a freak out position? Or is this like, well, you know, I mean, if you don't have Baker, you're already kind of in trouble. Maybe Nick Mullins is okay. This is how people think when you don't have a superstar quarterback. You go to, it's like, uh, Case Keenum. I mean, I don't know. That's not that bad. <laughs> right? Yeah. I saw that on Twitter when I first put out the list of all these COVID uh, yeah, absentees and getting, you know, oh, this really ain't that bad. I mean, Case Keenum. <laughs> and now we're talking about Nick Mullins the same way. Well, it's, I mean, eh, it, not that bad. It's no. bad. 
Yeah, it's bad. Case did not have a good record, obviously, the last time he was a starter. Uh, once again, as Scott will tell you, that record is a team record, not just the quarterback's record. Um, but if you look at San Francisco, you know, when Nick Mullins was starting games, uh, the record was vastly different than when Jimmy Garoppolo is, was starting games. He went two and six last year. Old Nick did in, uh, in San Francisco. And uh, he had 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions last year. But here's the thing. And I just want, I just want to say this, even though, even though we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, I started talking about this yesterday. There was no way in heck that I thought the Browns were going to go into this game without all of these players. I just felt that there was some rabbit getting pulled out of some hat and lo and behold, the rules have completely changed. Heaven and earth moved so that some of these guys have a chance to get back. And I just have a feeling. I don't know. I just have a feeling Baker's going to be activated for this game. I don't know why I feel like that. I just, I just have a feeling that that's one of the reasons why they did this is to give players like that an opportunity to come back and play. So I just want to get that out there because I'm just, it's just a vibe that I have. But no, I don't think uh, I don't think Nick Mullins would be uh, as good for this team as Case Keenum. Case Keenum already went out there, won one game this season for the Browns. He's practiced with these guys all training camp. I mean, he has chemistry with them. He knows them. He's been with them since last season. You know, I mean, he just he knows he knows this te- football team really, really well, and he has some you know, some vibes with some of them. So I would say that, yeah, that there is a significant drop-off from Case to Nick. To be fair, I'm also the same guy who earlier this year was like, I think Tim Boyle might be better than Jared Goff when they played the Lions. And then Tim Boyle was like three of 41 for minus 11 (laughs) yards passing. And Ashley Bastock was walking around making fun of me. Yeah, you weren't there to hear it. But I wish Dan, I know Dan (laughs) keeps some of that audio. I wish he had kept that one so we could have dropped that in. I can find it. Hey, I don't want to make anybody excited here, but the Browns do have on their roster the 11th ranked dual threat quarterback in the nation from 2013. Port Augustine? I just felt I should throw that out there. No, not Porter Gustin. <laughs> Who is it? Mr. Johnny Stanton. Stop. No Whoa. more full. No perfect. No full. Now he's probably Scott. doubled in Johnny size since then. I'm muting I'm Scott. Saying. I'm, I'm muting saying. Scott. Por- I mean, Porter, Porter Gustin was a, was a big-time high school quarterback. They, they got a couple. I'm just saying that I think some teams, their third quarterback is like either a dusty skeleton or a middle school kid. Like Nick Mullins has started games in the NFL. So as far as in this, third in this system go, too, by the way, yeah, I think yeah. that's important to note in this system. All right, let's go to running back. And there's nothing really to talk about at running back. Kareem hunt is just normal hurt and Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson, everybody else are okay. So like, we know what this team is like when they only have one of their two big dogs and Dearness Johnson has to play. That's kind of normal. Ashley, receiver. DPJ, good. Rashard Higgins, good. Jamarcus Bradley, good. Lawrence Cage are good. And by good, I mean not necessarily good football players, but physically able to play on Saturday at the moment. Jarvis Landry and JoJo Natson on the COVID list. Anthony Schwartz has again been ruled out as he continues to recover from his concussion. DPJ and Rashard Higgins as your top two guys, they've at least played. Then your third and fourth guys, you know, Bradley's played a little bit. What do we think of that receiver group, Ashley, if that's the group on Saturday? 
Yeah, I mean, DPJ is still one of the top receivers on this team this year. I mean, I think he's tied for the team league with touch three touchdown receptions. I think he's leading the team with receiving yards at this point after Sunday, too. Um, so feel pretty good about him. I'll let Scott talk more about Richard Higgins since that's his uh, that's his talking point. I don't want to steal that away from him. But I will say it's kind of a time for him to to go out and do something. I mean, they're really going to have no other choice but to give him an opportunity, and he needs to go out and make most of it. Um, and we're not talking about the tight ends yet, but coupled with the fact that they – have activated David Njoku. That's some good news. I think the the passing game shouldn't be totally decimated like some of these other uh, position groups that we're seeing today, I don't think. Anybody else? I mean, is DPJ under Shard Higgins a functional one too? Is that okay? Or is that a huge step down? I don't, I don't, I don't know about Richard, but. <laughs> I mean, I think functional, I think functional is the word. Yeah. Like it's not spectacular. It's not like oh, these guys are going to combine for 200 receiving yards, but you can do something with those two players if they're your number one and your number two. You, you can at least run an offense. So I think functional might be the perfect word. And right. what they don't have necessarily is, you know, like some kind of a, a speedy deep threat per se, uh, but you can still get the job done. I mean, somehow, some way you can get the job done and you can still make explosive plays, especially against a, a defense that's not that great. And Nick Mullins will elevate them. Mary Kay, uh, it's the complete complete flip at tight end from last week when last week they did not have Njoku or Harrison Bryant and it was Austin Hooper by himself. Now Austin Hooper is on the COVID list. Njoku is back. Bryant Looks like he's coming back to some regular injury. And then they have this Miller Forrestall guy. How how should they be at tight end on Saturday, do you think? I actually think they'll be okay uh, at tight end. Uh, you know, they can play their two tight end sets. Uh, they can even play 13 personnel if they need to. So, you know, with the three guys that they have, it's, it's not ideal. Austin Hooper does a lot, especially in terms of blocking. And, and he's solid. And he makes... He makes some plays, not anywhere near what any of us expected him to make. Uh, but I think it's huge uh, for David Njoku to be back. I really do. And Harrison Bryant, you know, he can get the job done. So I think they're in decent shape at tight end. One of the better positions heading into the game. You know, last week they, they couldn't do really any 13 personnel. They didn't do as much 12 personnel. The receivers got more action this at least if they have two tight ends they can rely on it'll scott like it'll get them formationally and and sort of schematically maybe back toward what they more traditionally like to do right yeah if if miller forestall is the number three guy and all he has to do is worry about blocking when he's out there then you're in a much better position and with we're going to talk about the offensive line here in a second with the issues you got at tackle having brian and joku there um is obviously big and not just the fact that they're tight ends, but they're guys who've been in the offense and can do more than obviously Miller Forstall or, you know, Blake Hans can <laughs> as a, as a tight end for sure. All right, Dan, you get the fun group offensive oh, line. Boy. Wyatt Teller and Jedrick Wills are on the COVID list. We know Jack Conklin is already out for the year. Is, is this the starting lineup? We expect Blake Hans at left tackle, Joel Batonio at left guard, JC Treder at center, Michael Dunn at right guard and James Hudson, the third at right tackle. Dan, does that sound right to you? And is that functional? (laughs) (laughs) 
again, that's a good way to describe it. It's just very slowly with a question mark at the end saying functional. <sighs> Look, there's, there's no reason to not be worried about this, this group. Uh, you still have JC and you still have Joel. So that's obviously huge. Those are two of your best O-linemen, regardless of the five out there. But I'll tell you what, Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, about one of, like, there's not a ton that this, this Raiders team does great, but they do get after the quarterback. And this is just going to invite them to really press those edges and make sure that they can create pressure on whoever is playing quarterback for this team, even if Baker is cleared, right? The, the formula is get pressure on him and don't allow him to get out of the pocket and make throws on the run and, and do that play action stuff where he can turn his back to the line. So, yeah, it's not great. I'm not, you know, James Hudson seemed to come out of, I, I didn't check the PFF grades, so maybe I'm wrong. He seemed to come out of that game last week okay. His run blocking grade was uh, terrible. Okay, well, there's that. It was like the worst run blocking grade <laughs> on the team. It was the He had a 28.7. It was the worst. Okay. I, I went right there as you were talking to Jack. <laughs> then maybe it was, maybe it was a disaster. Like um, <laughs> Hans is a guy that they seem to have lost faith in, and I was kind of pressed back into to filling in. I, I don't know. This is definitely the area that you have to be worried about, and we just talked about the tight ends, and this is where having David Njoku, who has become a, a pretty good blocker for this team, especially in the run game, which is where they're, they're really going to need that help, um, That that's where having some of these tight ends back is going to help. And again, Chris Hubbard also out for the year. This is tackle four and tackle five on their wish list, who are going to be the two starting tackles for this game. And this is where Kevin Stefanski, Mary Kay, and, and Alex Van Pelt are putting their heads together this week because you don't you have to design a game plan with an idea of, okay, let's start with the premise that we don't really have much hope of protecting the quarterback. So then what? They have to figure out a way to get the ball out of the hands of, quarterback X, whoever is playing, because I don't know that you can cross your fingers and hope that Blake Hanson, James Hudson hold up all day. Yeah. And as we've talked about the, uh, the pass rush, the edge rush of Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakaway is pretty darn good. Uh, that's one of the strengths of this football team. And uh, Max Crosby, as we've talked about, leads the NFL with 78 pressures. Uh, Ngakaway is 15th with 51. So these guys can disrupt your quarterback's timing, no matter who is back there. Uh, and I definitely think that's uh, that is what those guys are going to aim to do. And, and let's just, I mean, no matter, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's case, Nick Baker, this is going to be an area of concern. And once again, you don't have Hooper, you don't have Kareem hunt, uh, you know, to help out with some chipping and some blocking. You do have uh, Najoku and you do have Harrison Bryant um, to help out a little bit, but this is going to be an area that they will definitely try to exploit. All right, we'll take a quick break here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Come back, look at the defensive side of the ball next after this. Brown's insider, the facts, the news, the analysis is flying fast and furious at a time like this. Great time for you to go to cleveland.com slash Browns, sign up, find the, the link you can click on to sign up to be a Browns insider. The part of that you get is those texts that this information flies right into your phone. You don't have to be monitoring Twitter all day. You don't have to go find it on the site. You don't have to wait for a podcast. You don't have to ask your friend. Your friend asks you, say, hey, what you, uh, what's going on the COVID stuff? You're like, man, I just got it in my phone. So 
when the news is, is going crazy, that's when it can be really helpful. You guys, again, go to cleveland.com slash Browns and sign up for the insider there. Let's do defensive end, Scott. Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, as of now, good to go. Tack McKinley on the COVID list, and he he's like really coming on lately. Um, Port Augustine, Joe Jackson on the practice squad. But if the two big dogs are there, are they all right here? Yeah, I, I would expect Gustin or Joe Jackson to be uh, activated um, prior to, to Saturday uh, to, to be that other guy. Obviously, Garrett and Clowney can't play the whole game, but um, I think this is a position where you're okay. Tack McKinley, you're right. He had a great game uh, last week and, and has made plays over the last uh, few weeks. So that's a big loss. Um, but this isn't a position. I mean, you got, you got your two frontline guys there and that's, that's the important part because this defense is going to have to make some plays. Anybody like this is, you know, tack McKinley gives them that wrinkle when they have the three ends in the game together. And again, it's a nice, he's an athletic guy. You can see him making some athletic plays last week. They'll miss him, but, are we in general agreement that like kind of kind of okay led by miles yeah it's like the sky is kind of falling around them so considering who they still have left i think when you compare it to the other again position groups on this team they're in much better shape i think the the mild concern here is the fact that Jadavian Clowney, well, first of all, he hasn't practiced all week. Really, they haven't practiced much all week to begin with. They had that one full practice today, and he sat out the practice uh, with an illness. Now, he hasn't tested positive yet, but sometimes, and this happened last year with, I think it was Jed Wills, where they tested negative, tested negative, tested negative, and then like on the third or fourth day, they tested positive. So they are holding their breath. Uh, that Jadavian Clowney does not test positive tomorrow. So I think that's a, that's a key issue here, but TAC, I think the thing that, that TAC really brings, and you can, you could even see it like in every rep that we watch in practice, he is so fast off the ball. He is so incredibly fast off the ball. And if you just isolate on him, uh, you can just see how he just explodes off that ball. And it, you know, he's healthy now he's, he's feeling good. And, um, and he's really, taking advantage of that speed. So they will miss that. But, um, but if you've got Jadavian and miles, you'll, you know, you'll be pretty good to go. Scott, you can attest to the fact that Derek Carr fares well against pressure, right? He he does. He does really well against pressure. I think he's like number two in the NFL in terms of throwing under pressure. So it's, you know, he's a savvy quarterback. And he's got a really nice, strong arm. He, now, he does, he's not going to have Darren Waller. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt a lot. If they had Darren Waller and Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro in this game against all these, you know, a lot of these backup guys, then, you know, I'd think, hmm, you know what? They, they can do this. But um, I think it will hurt them not to have Darren Waller. So I, I do think that this hurts, though, because – it, it, you've got to have three or four edge rushers, I, I think. And Miles and Jadavian are game-changing types of players, right? We saw what Miles can do in that game. But the Raiders – I'm sorry, the Ravens ran 74 plays last week. Jadavian Clowney played 58 of those plays. Miles Garrett played 57. Tack played 34. 
Uh, and then I'm going to butcher his name. I have the pronunciation guide up here, but it might be too small. I, I can't figure out how to open this. A Fady Odenegbo. He played a little bit too. And like, he's going to be out. Tack's going to be out most likely. And so now if Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney suddenly have to play 95% of the snaps, or and if the Raiders are smart and can, and can actually stay on the field, you play fast, you, you try and run as many offensive plays as you can to wear those guys out, not having that third or fourth edge rusher to come on and, and spell them a little bit. I mean, I think they started the second half with Miles on the bench and Jadavian on the bench. They like to rotate these guys. So I, I do think it hurts to not have Tack out there. I think it could hurt you if this is a close game in the fourth quarter. Good point. That, that depth is where a lot of this stuff really takes its toll. Even the guys who are healthy maybe aren't themselves because they're having to do more. Dan, we'll stay with you for defensive tackle. Malik McDowell, the only guy at tackle who's on the COVID list. But when I was going through the PFF stuff, I guess maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. He's seventh on the defense in total snaps this year. So he has really turned into a very primary dude for them. Still have Malik Jackson, Jordan Elliott, Sheldon Day, Tommy Togiai. How big of a loss do you think McDowell is, Dan? I think it's big because he's a guy that can, you know, he can make a play, you know, he can get after the quarterback. I, you know, I don't think their defensive tackles have been great this year necessarily, but they, they are guys that can make a play here or there. And now if you're going to throw, you know, if you're going to, if Jordan Elliott's going to be on the field more, I, I don't know what you're going to get because this is a guy that has played a ton of snaps, but I, you barely hear his name mentioned. So I, I don't know that they, they seem to like him because they play him, but he's not like an impact guy out there. Sheldon day, you know, he, he's swatted a couple of passes down. You have some guys that can maybe make a single play here or there, but I, I think not having Malik McDowell because he is a matchup problem hurts. Elliot did start uh, the last game, but I think McDowell ended up playing a few more snaps. Uh, that was, it just caught my attention when I saw that uh, against the Ravens. It was kind of surprising. It might have been his first start. Um, so he must have been doing something good in practice, or maybe McDowell wasn't doing something in practice that that got him uh, out of that starting spot. But uh, at least Elliot's coming off a game where he did play, I guess, a more of a significant role than, than he has, you know, previously. I think with McDowell, it just has a tendency to be the, the discipline and the penalties and uh, you know, more so than anything, I think it's just, you know, kind of learning to play within himself a little bit and, and not having the mental errors and, and playing really clean. And I'm looking at up his uh, PFF, ranking. I remember the last time I looked it up, he was not as high as I thought he would be because I, I thought he was playing, uh, you know, pretty well, you, you know, you look out there, you know, he, he shows up, you see him making plays, you see him in the backfield. Scott, do you know off, off offhand where Malik McDowell is these days? All, all the defensive tackles on the Browns rank really low in PFF. They've been horrible against the run. Um, yeah. yeah and did. they do like him and Jackson, they both have, I guess, a fair amount of pressures, but they, they all, they are, they are all among the lowest graded players on the defense. Yeah. Which again, I found that a little bit surprising, but he works for what they need to do. He eats up a lot of space and he's just a mauler. I mean, he's just a big guy, uh, you know, that'll, you know, if, if nothing else, and he's athletic for his size too, but you know, he'll take up a couple blockers and clog up that middle and he gets pressure and he can get his hands up. So, um, yeah, he will definitely be missed. He is just a large, larger-than-life presence in the middle of that defense. All right, linebacker, Mary Kay, we'll go to you. 
Anthony Walker has been on the COVID list. He missed last week. Jacob Phillips, one of the new additions on Thursday. Those are two guys in the middle of the defense. JOK still okay. Malcolm Smith still okay. And then they had the depth with Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki, and a couple other guys. What do you think of that group, Mary Kay? And when we think about guys who maybe could be back Saturday, is Anthony Walker near the top of that list because he's been out as long as anybody? Yeah, he probably has a chance. I don't know what um, if he's asymptomatic or not. And that's a big, big key, once again, to anybody having a chance to get back on uh, by tomorrow. They have to be asymptomatic. So I'm um, not sure about that. But I think out of all of the positions, this is one where there's there's you're they're going to be OK here. They will be OK here uh, because they just got Jacob Phillips back. And even though he had a nice game. You know, he really he really did have a very nice game, Um, but they've played most of the season without him. So they know how to play without Jacob Phillips. And then Malcolm Smith. I mean, he's just a good, solid, savvy veteran that knows how to play this game of football. And he does a lot of different things well. So I just think, you know, having him on the field is in certain situations is not going to hurt you. And then um, and then, you know, Taki Taki. And Mac and those guys, I mean, they, you know, they can get the job done. And I think the key is keeping JOK out there because he's that sort of new shiny toy uh, that can mess things up for the offense with his speed and his range and his closing ability and all of those kinds of his blitzing ability. Uh, You know, whatever pressure that you might not get from like attack McKinley, you can get that from JOK. So, um, and you're going to have to because you're not going to be safety blitzing too much probably because you don't have any safeties left in this game. Um, so JOK, I think saves the day here as long as he stays negative over the next 48 hours. Yeah. I, I would argue against Wilson and Takitaki being able to get the job done. I think that the key here is using them in small doses, like especially Mac Wilson, who's been good this year, but again, he's hardly played. And Taki Taki, you don't want to have him out there in anything that looks like a passing down. But I do think you're probably going to see JOK and Malcolm Smith starting in this game, and hopefully they can play the bulk of the snaps. Because, yeah, you don't want to be in a situation where you have to put Mac Wilson out there a lot because it just history shows that things don't go well for the Browns when that happens. But one other note, too, about Mac is he's mostly a special team right now. Um, I, I don't think he played a defensive snap last week. Um, yeah. And, and that's important to note because – if like a guy like Javante Moffitt or Richard LeCount has to play safe, has to play every snap at safety, that guy's not available on special teams. So, you know, some of those core special teams guys, they need to make sure can actually still play special teams. And I wonder, you know, that, that, that's kind of where Mac, I think is slotted right now. I just kept point- wanting to say, Mary Kay, when you said they'll be okay, I just want to say they <laughs> won't be okay. <laughs> They'll be J O K. Yeah, I, I just think I just think the fact if he if he sticks around, uh, that you know that's the key to, to making this go. Yes, we all know what Mac Wilson is. We all know what what Sione Taki Taki is. But if you had to throw them out there for you know certain situations, especially against the run for Sione, Sione Taki Taki, he's twenty fourth uh, amongst linebackers. So that's not the worst rating in the world either malcolm smith 25th so um and there's jok all the way up there at number five but anyways 
the point is they'll, they'll be fine. They can get the job done there. They're not decimated at linebacker. They're, they're not completely decimated at linebacker. Yeah. I was going to say like, for me so much of this, and I kind of said it with the defensive ends too, like it's all relative given the other problems on this team right now. And I know we're going to talk about the safeties, but like compare the safeties to where they are at linebacker, where they still have JOK at least. And it's like, okay, it's not ideal, but we're going to have to live with it this week because there are more pressing problems. Like the house is on fire right now. We can't, we can't be worried about what we're going to wear tomorrow. I don't even know what that analogy is, but like, (laughs) The house is on fire around <laughs> us right now. We just have to get out and we'll deal with tomorrow, tomorrow at this point. You guys can't help yourselves with the safeties. We're saving the safeties for the final 45 minutes. Final I know, segment. but so we'll get there. I, we just have to, it just has to be said again for me right now. And I'm not really a very optimistic, positive person mm. by nature, but right now I'm like, well, JOK is there. So that's something. I mean, they, hey, by the way, off- Oh, see, there's there's a newspaper page designer out there just waiting for JOK to make a game winning play so they can the kicker on the front page. Browns are J dash OK. Oh, <laughs> save it for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, the corners, right? Let's do corners. Ashley Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams. Good to go. Greg Newsom remains out with with a concussion. A.J. Green added to the covid list and. Or is AJ Green COVID list or something else? He's COVID list. No, right? COVID. And Troy Hill COVID list. And again, Troy Hill has at times been like really, really, really good for them this year. H- how do you feel about that group? It's like, you know, if you're starting two guys that you believe in, but they're also, you're starting to get short with like, well, who's your third corner? Who's your yeah. s- slot corner situationally? It's not quite safety bad, but it's a little iffy. Yeah, the depth is iffy I think that's probably a good word at this point I mean it would have helped if they were getting Greg Newsom back and we know that they're not um and especially with Troy you know using him how they use him like you can't really replicate what he does in this defense I don't think so um I'm not like as it'll be okay like with this group just given the rotations the total lack of depth right now but again it's still not as bad as it could be, which we will get to with the safeties. Who's the third corner? That's where that's where losing Newsom really hurts yeah. because they've been they they'll use him inside. And a few weeks ago, they actually did play him when they went to nickel. They had him outside, and then when they went to nickel, they moved him inside. Uh, when Troy Hill missed that game after the New England game, I think it was. So not having him hurts because you could have had Denzel and Greedy on the outside and. and Newsom on the inside. So the fact that he's out is really kind of what stings here. It's probably going to be MJ Stewart because he did play some slot last season uh, when Kevin Johnson was hurt. And when uh, Tavier Thomas didn't exactly work out, uh, Stewart did get some reps there. So I would imagine he will probably be the guy. The only other corners they got are on the practice squad, Herb Miller, who I think played one snap against the Patriots, maybe a couple snaps. And then Brian Allen, they just resigned to the practice squad and he was here for training camp, I think, but I would guess it's going to be MJ Stewart. And, and also worth note, Ronnie Harrison is like there. He's like an option there as he would have been an option there as well. If, um, cause he's done that before too. For him. I actually thought MJ, MJ Stewart did a nice job when he had to fill in as the nickel cornerback at times last year. But I think once again, the key here is Denzel Ward playing with his hair on fire 
Denzel Ward has has found his game this year. And if he stays healthy, he uh, for for this game, you know, it, it's not the worst thing in the world to have Denzel and Greedy as your two starting cornerbacks and then MJ Stewart in the slot. So they they could be doing worse right now. Unless they want to play MJ Stewart at that position we're not mentioning yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. They're not just okay. They're Herb Miller. Doesn't yeah. doesn't ring the same way. That sounds like a that sounds like the neighbor in a sitcom. <laughs> hey guys, you need some help at cornerback? Yeah, Herb, <laughs> come on over the fence. You can start tomorrow. All right, we're gonna come oh, back. Oh Herb. <laughs> oh Herb. Mwah, <laughs> like hunter renfro with his fourth touchdown catch of the day oh herb we'll be back with the 45 minute discussion on why they have no (laughs) safeties next on the orange and brown talk podcast all right safety is a problem covid list john johnson the third ronnie harrison grant delpit or as they say all of the safeties uh and then that's that's it on the COVID list. And that leaves MJ Stewart and Richard LeCount. And then Javante Moffitt is a practice squad guy who's probably going to come up. Is that right, Scott? That's what I would that's what I would guess. Um, it's funny when I did I did a post on Wednesday after the first round of COVID issues hit and totally forgot Richard LeCount that was active and on this team. Just totally left him off the list. That's where our safety situation is at right now. Uh, we're, you know, you're down to guys that you've totally forgotten about uh, who are on the team. But I, like if MJ Stewart's going to play slot and he seems like the most like, uh, viable candidate there, you're probably looking at LeCount and, and Moffitt as your safeties. Yeah, um, if they want to put five defensive backs on the field as it stands now, they only have like five defensive backs that anybody's ever heard of. I mean, it would be Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, MJ Stewart, Richard LeCount, and Javante Moffitt. And then other than that, it's a bunch of Herb Millers. So MJ Stewart and Richard LeCount really look like they're probably going to have to play every snap at this point, right? And that MJ Stewart's going to be playing multiple positions, potentially. Mary Kay, can they win a game with this secondary? Like this is the every, uh, this might be the, like, you can't win a game if this is your secondary, even though Denzel Ward is awesome. I, I don't know. Well, if Henry Ruggs were still on the football team and Darren Waller were still on the football team for the Raiders, maybe you couldn't win a game with this secondary. But without those guys, what you really have to do, what you really have to focus on is is locking down Hunter Renfro. And I think with Denzel and Greedy, they can do a pretty good job of, of taking him out of the game, similar to the way that they took Jamar Chase out of the game against the, the Bengals. So I actually think, I actually think they can, I, I don't think it's impossible. Now, you know, having said that, I mean, Derek Carr is like second in the, or right up there in, in yards this season. Um, and once again, he does fare well against pressure, but I, I think that uh, I, I think they'll be okay because the Raiders are kind of broken right now. I mean, they're just a sort of a broken team. They've lost five of their last six. I just, I think that if you had to play anybody on the schedule right now, still left on your schedule in these last games, you would want it to be 
the Raiders. Or the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, I was going to say they did, re, they did sign Tedrick Thompson uh, today, I believe, to the practice squad. He was here last year briefly. Um, so that's another safety option. But, yeah, they're running out of bodies. I mean, we saw issues early in this year, Dan, with this defense where there was some confusion in coverages. We saw blown coverages. That's what I'm thinking about when it's like, okay, well, Richard LeCount has never really been asked to do this. Javante Moffat hasn't been asked to do this. MJ Stewart, sometimes he's in slot, sometimes he's at safety. And it's like, oh, look, three guys covered the same receiver and nobody covered that guy. I, I don't know. Can they, can you coach around this, Dan, or do you just have to get these guys up to speed and, and hope that they're functional? There, there's that word again. I mean, to me, the key to this game is don't, don't be Dallas and give up 102 yards to Deshaun Jackson. Like, like that's, that's what you can't do. And you know, that that's a little worrisome because he is a speed guy and he can fly down the field and get open if there's miscommunications and, you know, this isn't Deshaun Jackson of, I don't even know how old this guy is, 1942. This is Deshaun Jackson of 2021. But like we saw on Thanksgiving, he can be dangerous if you let him be. So that I, that would be, I mean, that might kind of be the X factor in this game. Can you just make sure that Deshaun Jackson doesn't have like some kind of random throwback game here? And if you're a little short at safety and you have some miscommunications or something like that, maybe that happens. And let's remember, we've, we've seen backup secondary guys for the Browns make huge plays before, like when Robert Jackson made the most important play of last season. <laughs> so it's on the table for that to happen. There's something to remember here about these safeties and about blown calls and all that kind of stuff. And that is the fact that, and I don't think we mentioned this yet on this podcast, we've mentioned it elsewhere, is the fact that JJ3 has been your green sticker guy. So when you want to talk about blown coverages and you know getting guys lined up and being where they're supposed to be both of your green sticker guys are out now both of the ones that have done it this year anthony walker and then it got switched over to jj3 because he's on the field all the time so um so somebody else is going to have to do that and that would that would have been a good question we should have <laughs> we should have asked asked kevin stefanski that today uh who will wear <laughs> that green sticker but we forgot. Lo and behold, we forgot. Um, well, Mary, well, Mary Kay, I'll just tell you that we haven't decided on that yet. <laughs> yeah, we're working. Our, we're working through that. Yes, exactly. Um, but anyways, I mean, I guess I don't know. Who would you guys put the uh, who would you guys put the green sticker on if everything remains the same right now? Malcolm Smith. Yeah. The vet. It would. It would probably be on some sort of rotation. You know, like Malcolm Smith, and then if he comes out, you'd have to have somebody else that could throw on that, that second helmet or whatever it is. It's too hard to do that. That's why. Um, that's why Anthony Walker had to give it up because he wasn't on the field enough to have it. So it really has to be somebody that's going to be on the field for almost a hundred percent of the snaps. And I'm almost thinking that you'd have to give it to like, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe JOK, but he's yeah, not. Baby. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of all over the map, but um, maybe, maybe by default, you give it to JOK. I mean, he, he played, I think he played 97. He played a lot of snaps on Sunday. I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it was almost every yeah. snap. It is a little bit difficult to try to figure out who would get it in terms of location on the field and amount of snaps. JOK would seem to be uh, a leading candidate, but he's sort of raw and new at this. So I don't know. It would be interesting. 
Tell people again, give the 30 second breakdown of what the green sticker means for anybody who's like, what? It's just, it's essentially the, so the quarterback, as we know, has the, the headset in his helmet and gets the play calls from the coordinator. And that's essentially that guy on the defense. You get one defensive player that gets to have the headset. They get wear a green sticker on their helmet. So the official knows who it is. And that's about it. And it's been, it was supposed to be Anthony Walker. He got hurt. John Johnson took it over in week two and, and it's been him ever since. And he did it in LA last year too. Mm-hmm. All right. So Ashley, going through all of that, also Jamie Gillen's still on the COVID list, but they figured that out last week. Dustin <laughs> Colquitt was fine. Was that worse than you thought it would be? Was it better? Does it sound like a decimated team that has no chance or does it sound like, okay, well, you know, they still got some dudes. I mean, it's a decimated position group at the safeties for sure. I was wondering if they were going to have a media combine and make us, you know, try out to, to go out there and play on Saturday. Um, I don't know. It's like, I worry about the bodies, but again, like hearing everyone bring up the stuff from earlier in the year of what we saw with these blown coverages, that is what makes me nervous. Now, as Mary Kay pointed out, really you have to focus in on Renfro. Can Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams handle that? Probably, hopefully, but there's really just no margin for error at this point. So for me, this was the, you know, position group groups I was most concerned about going into this one. I'm still pretty concerned, but um, not totally. I believe I said despondent yesterday, still not totally fully despondent, but it's where we're at. It's where we're at at 8.58 PM on Thursday. All right. Let's wrap up with this then, unless anybody else wants to throw some medical stuff into it. We're not making picks because what, what, what are we even picking? It doesn't make any sense. Normally, this is where our game preview would drop. It's just there's nothing to say. But let's do this. Scale of 1 to 10. 1 is like they have no chance of winning. 10 is like, oh, no, no, no. I think they're pr- I'm pretty sure they're going to win. Right? That's not a pick. But it's some expression of like what you think their chances are. 1 to 10. Dan, we'll start with you. Where are you right now, Thursday night, knowing that Friday, maybe some guys will come off the list, but also the way the week has been going, there might be more guys who go on the list on Friday. So we're doing it in this time capsule right now. I want to say five, but that's a cop out. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to say five too. So you can say it. I mean, it's a very no, five kind of thing. No, I'm, I'm going to pick a side here. I, I've been torn, right? Because I think, I still think they can beat this Raider. Like Mary Kay said, this is a broken Raiders team. Now they do have talent. They have, you know, if that pass rush breaks up the Browns offense, then I, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. That, that offensive line has me nervous. Um, the secondary outside of the outside of Denzel Ward has me nervous. There's a lot of things that have me nervous. So I, I can't go real high on this. And I'm also trying to figure out how I should feel about that win over Baltimore. I, I just don't know. I don't know if that win over Baltimore was enough to make me say, hey, this team is good again. So I'm going to say, unless, you know, the right guys come back right now, as it stands, I'm going to say four. Scott, where are you going? I was going to say four, too. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence with where this team's at right now. Um, I know you're high on Nick Mullins, but <laughs> not in this situation. I just, yeah, four. I'm high on Nick Mullins compared to other number three quarterbacks. Where's the data on that? Like, who, who are these other number three quarterbacks you're comparing? Doug's eye test. Doug's eye test. I, I, Doug, I, I, name, 
name five other number three quarterbacks right now. Not that no, I would know any of them off the top of my head. That's the whole point. People have heard of Nick Mullins. That's my whole threshold is I've heard <laughs> of him. He must be better than a middle school kid. Ashley, what's your number? <laughs> um, I'm going to go slightly more optimistic and say six, just because I think for some reason, this team is weird this year. We have this discussion at least once a week, sometimes more. I think they relish being in these situations where just about everyone is kind of counting them out, especially like thinking about like Miles Garrett as the cornerstone of this particular team. I do really think that this group kind of relishes that. And like Mary Kay has already outlined very, very nicely, the Raiders are kind of a mess. So I think if you were playing any other team that was left on your schedule right now, or even a lot of teams that you already played, I would be a bit more nervous. And yeah, I've been crying about this situation at safety for the last hour, however long we've been on here. But for some reason, I don't know. I feel like something weird's going to happen and they're going to surprise some people if, you know, on Saturday here. Mary Kay, we'll wrap it up with you. You know, I think I am going to go with a six as well. And here's why. Uh, because when I still look out there, I see Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, JOK, and Denzel Ward. Four really, really, really good players on defense. And I think those guys can still be game wreckers. I think Denzel can still get his hands on a, a pass. I think Miles is going to be Miles. If Jadavian's feeling better, he'll be okay. And I think those guys are going to step up. And I think they understand what this game means. And, uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, again, I think I mentioned, I, I feel like Baker's going to be back. I just, I just feel it in my bones. And uh, not that he's going to have an easy time of it at all. But with David and Harrison Bryant and Nick Chubb, Donovan, I think there's enough there. I think there's enough there to beat the Raiders. I don't think there's enough there to beat the Packers. I don't think there's necessarily enough there to beat the Bengals. But I think there's enough there to beat the Raiders. So I'm going six. I do feel like this would be a Scott Patsko project. Compare the COVID-ravaged roster of this Browns team and how many past Browns teams in the last 20 years is it still better than, right? It's like, oh, man, you take half the guys off this roster and it's still better than these 2017. guys. 2017, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, they'd be, yeah, they'd beat the 2017 team by 30 points. Yeah. So now if that team had gotten COVID, yoza. <laughs> okay. We'll keep you updated. I'm telling you, great time to be a Browns insider. You're going to get the ins information instantaneously. If you're not that, make sure you keep coming back to cleveland.com slash Browns on Friday. Because the moment there is news, we will have that news to you. The moment there are things that need to be analyzed, if somebody's out, who's up next, all that kind of stuff, we're the place for you. We appreciate you guys making our Browns coverage part of your week. For Ashley Bastock, Scott Patsko, Mary Kay Cabot, and Dan Lobby, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. <laughs>